Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so I would like to share the message this morning. This message is not a typical message that I usually share on Sunday, but in this time of pandemic, in this time of test trials and shaking, I think we need to hear a strong message because if we hear only simple message, we're going to be eaten up by the lions and the cobra. We need to step on the cobra and the lion. We need to be strong. Amen. So the message will be quite unusual. It's going to go on for a few weeks and to a few Sundays because it's a long lesson. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us from the Word of God. And we welcome your Holy Spirit to be our teacher today, Lord. I'm not a teacher, Lord. I'm your servant. But you teach your Word through me, Lord. And your people will hear from you more than what I say, Lord. You will open their spiritual eyes and pour your truth and your light into their heart. And your truth will re- renew their mind and they will never be the same, Lord. They will rise up to the next level, Lord. And they will be like eagles that fly above the storm. And they will be really blessed by you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. When I was a young boy, I was growing up in a very broken family. I never forgot to see when I was five years old, I saw my mom and my dad hit each other, fighting each other. And in that generation, they did not divorce. They just hang out together, but they did not have good relationship at all. They both have other relationships, but still stay in the same home. You understand what I mean? Because they were not believers. They did not believe in Jesus Christ. And out of that, my siblings have problems. I have problems too. Because the curse is in the family. Lack of faith in Jesus and lack of the Bible. And even among the siblings, we don't get along very well. We don't talk to each other. We all go to separate way. So when I turned into a young adult, I was thinking, I don't want this in my family. I want a happy family. I want to have a good relationship with my wife. I want my children to get along and love one another. So I make that commitment. And not only that, I say, God, my family will not be elect. They will not be poor. They will do well financially. And we're going to have a very happy marriage and family. I did not want the old way of my dad and my mom. I did not want the old way of non-Christian practice in my previous generation. So I make a commitment to study hard, to go to medical school, to really pay attention to what I learned, and to really be committed to Pasada and build a good family together. And thank God I turned to Christ and become a believer. And the teaching in the Bible really helped me to come to this point of my life to have a very successful family, very blessed children and grandchildren, and 
have good job and I can feed my family. My dream came to pass, and I also served the Lord. When I say all of these things, I'm not trying to boast about myself, but I want you to understand this. Whatever decision you make, whatever you do today, will dictate the future. If you make a decision to really see your dream come true of having a successful life, a blessed life, you need to start today. You cannot just question Allah, whatever will be, will be. You need to do your part. But even more important than 10 years from now, 20 years from now, yesterday Pastor Dar read the statistic that only 2% of people in the world live until 90 years old. If I reach 90, I will be the 2%. But that is 90, 100 years from your birth. But even more important, your future of your life in heaven. What you do today on earth definitely by the justice of God, dictates what you're going to have in heaven. How big the house you have, how much reward you have. As a pastor, as a shepherd of this flock, my job is to really educate you so that one day, 10 years from now, you look back, wow, I failed because I make a lot of mistake. Or when you go to heaven, you will say, oh, thank God. My pastor, he taught me. Now I have a big mansion in heaven. I have lots of reward and glory and big crowd on my head because I was taught well and I prepare my life for eternity. A lot of Christians just live day by day, never prepare their life for eternity. So what I'm going to say today, even though it's a hardcore message, but I want to prepare you. And my job by the leading of the Holy Spirit, is to train disciples. If you look at my face now, you can see that I look very dark. I look dark not because I went out to swim or because I went out to hiking, but because I was standing in front of the sun for an hour to make records of teaching two days ago. And it's very hot. The sweat come down to my eyes and, and the mosquito try to come and bite me in the field there. But I was standing there by the bullet and went through the recording of the teaching. Why I produce so many teaching? Because I want to make disciples. Before I die, I want to leave something for the next generation to grow up spiritually. I'm really serious about teaching disciples, making you grow up spiritually, not being a baby Christian forever. That's why I work so hard to produce so many teachings, so many lessons to train disciples. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 10, because you have kept my command to endure, talking about COVID-19, we need to endure the mass, the heat inside my mouth. We endure. I will also keep you from the hour of testing that is going to come over the whole world. I think we are going through the testing right now. To test those who live on the earth. I believe you are faithful people. You're going to endure through this testing time and you're going to pass the test. And the Lord promises that if we endure and we have, are faithful to God, no matter what happens, we still serve God, build the kingdom, go to church, serving the Lord, building the kingdom of God, making disciples. 
the Lord say, "I will keep you, I will protect you, and you will not die too soon. I will take care of you." This is the promise of God. This Bible was written. This part was written 2,000 years ago. I think God knows that COVID-19 is going to come to the world to test our faith in this generation. Mark chapter 4, I'm going to read a lot of scripture. Mark chapter 4, verses 3 to 20. If you don't mind, I read a lot of scripture to show you. You know, I find out that there are four kinds of people in the world. I'm going to read to you, and I pray that you will be the last kind, because the last kind will get rewards when you stand before Jesus. The last kind will produce fruit, and when you go to heaven, you're going to have a lot of rewards in heaven. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air come and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Second kind of soil. First kind, disappear right away. Second kind, maybe stay for a few days, a few months, disappear. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns, including COVID-19, grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed, I pray that this is you, fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some 34, some 60, and some 100. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, For you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that seeing, they may see and not perceive. This is from Isaiah chapter 6. And hearing, they may hear and not understand. Lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. The seed is the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They will come to church for a few Sundays and maybe go to the camp a little bit and kind of enjoy fellowship. And they have no root in themselves. They're not serious about God. And so endure only for a few times. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. Being afraid of death. Being afraid of inconvenience. And they just want to please their flesh. The deceitfulness of riches and the desire of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But this, members of New Hope International Church and I myself, are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it 
and bear fruit. Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. My brother and sister, I pray that your heart will be a good soil, not the stony soil or the soil with the thorn or the pavement. You will grow up. You receive the word of God, and you shall continue to serve the Lord. What I like to talk to you today. Is about being disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read from Matthew 28 verses 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make churchgoers, pew warmers, fearful believers. No, make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them. This is why I work so hard to do the teaching for the church. To obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the earth. This is the last command of Jesus Christ before He went up to heaven. He did not say, "Make churchgoers or pew warmers." He didn't even say, "Make Christians." He said, make disciples of all nations. Thank God we are international church. My brothers and sisters, we don't want to be pew warmers. We don't want to be church goers. We want to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you the truth. Go back to my testimony at the beginning. The reason I have been successful in my family And in my work, because I am a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm not a churchgoer. I'm not a pastor who get only the paycheck and just work for the church. No, I am a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ all these 40 years, and I don't want to build the church full of pew warmers. I want to build a church full of disciples, because I'm a disciple. The question is, are you? A disciple, and do you make disciple? Two things: in order to be a disciple, you need to be made disciple. That's why I don't believe in church hoppers. If you keep hopping from church to church, you will never be made disciple. If you want to be made disciple, you need to root down, commit to your pastor, and let him teach you and correct you and do anything to help you to grow up. And also, you shouldn't live there by day, waiting to go to heaven. You should make disciple. This is why I believe in care groups meeting, fellowship, coming together. When the government say we can open the church right away, we come back because we want to make disciple. We want to meet each other. It's hard to make disciple online. Jesus did not use online. He met people. Amen. So we need to understand that the great commission is to make disciple. That. You build believers who love Jesus, willing to die for Jesus and go banana for Jesus and live for the Lord Jesus Christ. The word disciple is not only mentioned in the New Testament or in the time of the Lord Jesus Christ in the four gospel, but it was mentioned also in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter eight verse sixteen. Bind up the testimony and seal up the law among my disciples. The idea of discipleship 
was mentioned also in the Old Testament. First Chronicle chapter 25 verse 8. Young and old alike, teacher as well as student, cast lots for their duties. Talking about student here, disciple. In the Old Testament, you see again and again, Elijah, make disciple with Elisha. Moses have a disciple named Joshua. Is that right? You can see disciple everywhere in the Old Testament that God used somebody to train the next generation to serve him. Mark chapter 2, verse 18. Now, even before Jesus went up to heaven. Now, John's disciples, John disciple, and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John disciple and the disciple of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? The Pharisees have disciple. Religious people have disciple. And John has disciple. And Jesus had disciple. How about today? Do we have disciple? I tell you the truth. The medical school in America and many parts in the world are using the Bible system, discipleship. But the church don't. Is it interesting? The secular medical school used discipleship. When I got accepted to be in neurosurgery department as a resident, I need to follow my boss everywhere. I follow my chief resident, the fifth-year resident. I was first-year resident. I follow, look at how they perform surgery. They taught me. They corrected me. They called me on the phone and yelled at me and said, you don't do that. And I was doing that for almost eight years, following my professor and other chief resident. And after I become chief resident, some intern and some junior resident follow me and look at me how I correct the problem, how I make the diagnosis and perform surgery, disciple after disciple in the medical school. Why don't we do this in the church? Why don't we have disciple in the church, discipleship? Because we forget about this subject, discipleship. Luke chapter 7, verse 18. John's disciple told him about all these things, calling two of them. Again, John's disciple. John chapter 4, verse 1. I read a lot of scripture to show you that discipleship is important. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. After Jesus came into the ministry, more people followed him and received teaching and training by the Lord Jesus Christ. And after Jesus went up to heaven, what happened? Why Apollos? Acts chapter 19, verse 1. Was at Corinth. Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some churchgoers. Is that right? Some pew warmers. No. Some complainers. Pastor, you teach too strong. No. Some disciples. Disciples. The word disciples was used again and again and again. Acts chapter 9, verse 25. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. The disciples of Paul saved his life, dropped him in the basket through the wall. So Paul had disciples. Paul had Silas and Timothy. Paul had disciples. Now, I would like to differentiate between the word 
the crowds and the disciples. I'm going to read many scripture and show you that in the world, those who claim to be Christians, those who go to church and meetings, some of them are not disciples. Some of them are the crowds. If you feel offended by me, please forgive me. I'm reading the scripture. Okay, don't get mad at me. I'm trying to educate you. Try to open your spiritual eyes to see the light of the gospel here. Luke chapter 14, 25 to 27 and 33. Large crowds are traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, oh, I, I think if Jesus is a pastor in America, he gonna, his church will be empty. People don't like his teaching. <laughs> if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and his wife and children and his brother and sister, yes, even his own life, are you afraid of dying by the COVID-19? I'm not afraid. He cannot be my disciple. He does not say, he cannot be my churchgoer. He says, he cannot be my disciple. In other words, you need to love God more than your parents, more than your family and your own life. That is a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. He did not say my Christian. He said my disciple. And in the same way, verse 33, any one of you who does not give up everything, he has cannot be my disciple. Wow. Do you see this kind of thing in the church today? No. We are convenient Christians. Convenient church. If it's convenient, I show up. If it's not convenient, uh, 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 no, I'm not going to carry the cross. My brand new sister, ask yourself, are you a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? My brother and sister, I hope I will see all of you in heaven. I hope that you will not miss heaven. Jesus never said churchgoers to be his disciple. Jesus said, my disciple. America, we are not just Christians. We are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. We carry the cross. We take serious about following Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why I say the message today is not going to be fun. John chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people, the crowd and the disciple followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. You see these two words, the crowds and the disciple. John chapter 6, verse 22. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, the crowd and the disciples, but that they had gone away alone. John chapter 6, verse 24. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, 
they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. The disciple went with Jesus everywhere, but the crowd tried to look for Jesus, look for free food, free lunch, nice fellowship, nice fun, playing game together, or miracles, healings, deliverance. Oh, Jesus, help me, help me. The crowd followed Jesus for free food and for blessing. But the disciple went with Jesus everywhere, serving him. Get involved with his ministry. That is disciple. Now, look at more. John chapter 6, 47 to 69. I tell you the truth. Wow, this is fun. I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread. He talked about himself, the bread of life, that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. Jesus heard about it. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day, the resurrection of the righteous. If you're a true believer, you have relationship with Jesus, you're willing to carry the cross, you're willing to give up your life for Jesus, you're going to be raised up on the last day, the resurrection of the righteous. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, he talks again and again and again, remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live before uh, because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that I came down from heaven. Your forefather ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread, mean his life, will live forever. He said this wide teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. <laughs> Who can accept it? I remember I lost so many members. And the complaint is, Pastor Lau, you're too strong. Your teaching is so hard. I remember I called one couple into an office one time and I corrected them about their false teaching and their false practice of the gospel. And I said, you need to stop this. This is not biblical. Next week, they're gone. After being with me for 27 years, after one correction, they're gone. That's what happened to Jesus. Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. 
For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, "This is why I told you, no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him." From this time, listen carefully. From this time, many of his disciples turned back. The third and the second kind of soil turned back. The soil. The seed on the ground with stone, and the seed on the ground with thorns. Many disciples turn back and no longer follow him. I hope you are not that kind. I hope you are the good soil. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, "Lord, to whom shall we go?" You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. You can see throughout the four gospel here that there are two kinds of people that follow Jesus. If today we say they go to church, one kind is called the crowd. There were crowds, and there were also disciples. The crowds like to socialize. Eating free dinner, free food, going to have fun together, play golf together, having a good time together. But and also they want to go to special meetings, different conferences. Oh, that preacher come, that preacher come, then go sit. Oh, and then go home, do nothing about it, and never have discipleship. Just want to tickle their ears with nice teaching. The crowds are those who come to church for maybe one or two months, never committed. Oh, pastor, you preach very well. I enjoyed it, but never root themselves in, never get discipleship. And after a few months, oh, that church is something better than you. Okay, I move to another church. Maybe I want my teenager to join that teen teenager group there. Okay, I go there. After a while, oh, my teenager need a spouse. Move to another church with a lot of young people. I need a job. I need to go to that church because there's so many businessmen there. That is the crowd. They move from church to church for personal benefits. Never put their life in there to serve, to carry the cross, to commit, and to be faithful. I know that somebody don't like this kind of teaching, but I need to speak it up. Amen. But Christ's disciple is different. Christ's disciple stick with Jesus, follow Jesus, follow the pastor that the Holy Spirit told them. Okay, this is your pastor. This is your shepherd. I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna serve, no matter how hard. We're gonna cry together. We're gonna laugh together. This is my flock. I'm gonna stay there. I, I'm disciple here. I'm gonna stick around, follow. And will serve. Use me. I pull up my sleeve, and I can do whatever the church needs to be done. I am a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that the crowds are the one who say, "Crucified him." Do you know that the crowds receive healings, miracles, but they did not stick with Jesus. They were there. Only for their own personal benefits. After the benefits are over, bye. 
kill Jesus now. Mark chapter 14, verse 43. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared with him with a crowd armed with sword and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders. Who get involved with the chief priests to arrest Jesus? The crowds, not the disciples. When Jesus was arrested, did the crowd come and help him? No, they ran away. They say, crucified him, crucified him. After being a pastor for almost 40 years, I learned now that I deal with the crowds and I deal with the disciples. And I pray that those who listen to this sermon will be disciples, not the crowds. I beg you, I encourage you, take serious about following Jesus Christ and building his church. Mark chapter 15, verse 11, but the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barnabas instead. The crowd say, release Barnabas, kill Jesus. And who got the miracle from Jesus? The crowds. Wow. At one time, maybe about 15,000 people were in the big crusade of Jesus Christ. He multiplied five loaves and two fish. And he fed everybody for free with 12 baskets full left over. Oh, good fish, good bread. 15,000. Jesus could have stayed there and get the pastor love of uh, the offering back and get money, boom, then build a building there and have a crowd church. A crowd church. I hope New Hope International Church is not a crowd church that one day going to crucify his own pastor. Many thousand people follow Jesus, but how many people were in the upper room receive the Holy Spirit? 120 who shook the world for Jesus in that generation? Who started the church in Jerusalem? Is it the disciple church or the crowd the church? It's a disciple church started by 120 disciples who prayed for 10 days and received the Holy Spirit. This is why I like what the Bible says in the book of Hosea. Don't look down on the days of small things. Small group of people can shake the world, not a big crowd. I like that when God showed me that Samson used a jawbone of donkey to kill 1,000 men. And David used little stone and a slingshot to kill Goliath. And Moses used only one stick to part the Red Sea. Small thing, the stick, the stone, and the jawbone. The world is going to be affected by a small group of disciples. Not the big crowd who follow, who just go there for their own personal benefit, for healing, for deliverance, for blessing, for job, for looking for a spouse there, looking for a mate. The world is affected by the disciple. Amen? And I believe with all my heart, Jesus did not want to build the crowd church by using us. We want to build the disciple church. The church that full of disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 28. I should have preached something like this. 
20 years ago. This lesson is in my computer for many years, almost 30 years. But I dare not preach on Sunday. But the Lord spoke to me last week. Son, it's a time now. Because this pandemic starts to shake up to see who are disciples and who are not disciples. We need to be disciples. Again, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the earth. Again, Jesus never said, go and make Christians. He said, go and make disciples. My brothers and sisters, how can your children become disciples of Jesus Christ if you are not? You pass on to the next generation. If you are church goer, when it's convenient, I go to care group. When it's convenient, we call convenient Christian. I will show up. But it's not convenient, <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to show up. And who's going to learn from you? Your kids. Oh, my daddy, my mommy. They are convenient Christians. I'm going to be convenient Christian too. I'm not going to train my children, Tanida, Joy, and Paul, to be convenient Christians. They're going to love Jesus. They're going to serve Jesus no matter what happens. Amen? Because we are disciples. We are faithful. We build character. Faithfulness. Availability, teachable, trained disciple with character of Jesus Christ. Serve God, enduring, carrying the cross. We want to train them that way. We don't want to train consumers, churchgoers, pew warmers. One day I will die. One day you will die. My big concern is your children. How your children going to be after you die? I want to train my children to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ by setting good example to them. Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For so for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. This is 10 years between Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 11, 10 years later. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. 10 years after the first church was built in Jerusalem, they began to call believers Christians, which means to become like Christ. But before that, there is no word Christian. Actually, think about this. The word Christian should be disciple. There should not be, oh, I am a Christian. But Pastor Lao disciple, he is a gung-ho believer. I'm not a gung-ho. I'm not, I just, you know, when it's convenient, I go to church. When uh, I receive any benefit, I will do it. And I'm a Christian. According to God's standard. Okay, let's move the standard up here in this church. According to God's standard, there is no such word, nominal Christian and disciple. To the eyes of Jesus, I want my disciple to follow me. I don't want nominal Christian to follow me. 
real believers, on fire Christians, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, die for Jesus. Can you imagine on one day if the Antichrist put the gun on your head, do you run away or you say, "I'm willing to die"? This is a little test, COVID-19, very little test to me as a doctor. Nothing, putting the mask on. So what? Not a big deal. Oh, if the gun come on, that's a big deal. Will you say? I believe in Jesus. I am his disciple. Or you say, uh, uh, I change my mind now. I'm just a crowd. Kill Jesus. I know this message is not easy to listen to. And you may never heard this from other pastors because they may lose their members. But I'd rather build the disciple church. Amen? Acts chapter 19, 19 and 26. And after taking some food, he regained his strength, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, not the Christians, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. Let me make a conclusion here. And I will continue other Sunday. I will not tell you which Sunday. So you cannot avoid me that Sunday. The crowds only present in big meetings for personal benefit. But the disciples are always there with Jesus and with their shepherds, whether up or down. They're faithful, they stick and stand and serve. The crowds Look for signs and wonders. But the disciples look for Jesus and his kingdom and his will and his plan. The crowds leave home for a few hours. But the disciples leave everything behind for Jesus Christ. The crowds look to be blessed. But disciples become a blessing to the nations. The crowds are with Jesus only for a short season. But disciples are constantly with Jesus 24-7 until they go to heaven. The crowds supposedly believe, but disciples obey. The crowds confess that Jesus can heal, but disciples took action of faith. The crowds talk about it, but disciples walk it. The crowds see the miracles, but the disciples perform miracles. Do you want to be the crowds or do you want to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ? Next time, I will continue to talk about characteristic of disciples so that you know how you should behave as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I studied this lesson almost 30 years ago and I just pulled it out to teach you at this season of life. I believe we are going through right now the test 
the shaking of this pandemic. The numbers have gone up in America. Are we still afraid? Are we going to continue to serve Jesus, make disciples, build the church, preach the gospel, reach out? That's why every month I travel. I will go to Virginia next month. And then San Diego in January, February, March, I will go to Arizona. I will continue to preach the gospel. I will not stop preaching the gospel. And the Lord protects me. Amen? I just need to follow the natural law, the natural principle of God. Put the mask on. That's it. And I will be protected also. I'm not going to stop serving the Lord because of this little virus. I have the fear of God more than the fear of virus. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I make decision. My kids going to be disciples. I make a decision when I get to heaven and stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. Lord, I finished my race. I have done what you tell me to do. I am your disciple. I'm not a churchgoer. I'm not a pew warmer. And I expect to hear from the mouth of Jesus Christ, my faithful servant. This is your crowd. This is your reward. This is your mansion. You have done your best. You are my disciple. And you run the race to the finish line. In fact, many days ago, I was talking to Jesus. You know, Lord, I'm not afraid of death anymore. If I die today, I know I have done everything you told me to do. You told me to build this church. Make disciples. Teach your people. So what? I'm going to be in heaven for eternity. I hope that you can think that way on that last day. You can stand and say, Lord, I'm not afraid of death. I have done my best for you. I have run my race. And I have done everything you told me to do. I'm going to be with you for eternity in heaven. I'm not afraid of death at all. I tell you right now. And the reason because I believe that there is heaven. Because I believe that I will stand before Jesus one day. And I believe that I have obeyed him all these 40 years. But I still believe God is going to let me live on. Because he loved you. Unless you think, I don't like this pastor anymore. Get rid of him, please. Change the new pastor. Amen? I hope you are the disciple. You are not just pure warmer. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for reminding us through all these scriptures that Jesus wants disciples, not just Christians, nominal Christians, pure warmer, churchgoer. Lord, we commit our life to you to be your disciples, Lord. Obey you, serve you, follow you, stick with you, up or down. Lord, we're going to stick and stand with you, Lord, no matter what happens. But you give us protection and wisdom 
and guidance, Lord, every single day. And when we call on your name, you shall hear us and you shall answer us and protect us, Lord. Thank you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.